Welcome to Museums in Strange Places. I'm your host, Hannah Hathman, and this is a podcast for people who love museums, stories, culture, and exploring the world. This year, I'm living in Iceland, and in each episode, I visit a different Icelandic museum to discover what stories they hold and how they reflect and shape Iceland's unique cultural identity. That giggling you hear is the sound of tourists in one of the busiest spots in downtown Reykjavik, stopping in front of a museum to get a closer look at its storefront gift shop. What's so funny? Well, they are standing in front of the Fala store, the gift shop of the Icelandic Phallological Museum. And so yeah, this is the episode where I finally visit the Penis Museum. I wasn't originally going to visit the Icelandic Phallological Museum while I was in Iceland. My goal with this podcast has been to capture a nuanced and intimate portrait of a country that I love, and I didn't think the Penis Museum had much to contribute towards that goal. But I'm a sucker for the popular demand, and I've had so many people, American, Icelandic, and otherwise, ask if I'm going to visit, so I didn't really have a choice at the end of the day. I knew my usual model for these episodes wouldn't work for this museum, so I decided to try something different. And just this one time, I invited my Icelandic museum friend Sig to visit with me. If you've been listening to Museums and Strange Places from the beginning, you may remember Sig from episode one. So my name is Sigurlaur Ingolson. Uh, they call me Sig in the States, Iceman sometimes. Uh, I'm the project manager for the Open Air Museum. We're part of a bigger organization called the City Museum or Reykjavik City Museum. It was actually Sig's idea to visit together. You go to we go to the Penis Museum together. And, okay. And see how that works, I guess. That actually yeah. be really fun. Yeah. We do a, a <laughs> we could do a podcast, podcast yeah. of visiting the museum. <laughs> yes, of our of our um, experience of the of the Falazical Museum. Yeah. All right. Okay, so I am standing outside the Icelandic Phallological Museum, aka the Penis Museum, with my friend Sig here. <laughs> and neither of us have been to the uh, Penis Museum, even though I lived here for two years and he is a local. So before we go in and try to process what this means, uh, we're gonna kind of talk about why we, we haven't been here yet. Why, why haven't you been to the museum and, and what are your thoughts on it before we actually step inside these hallowed halls <laughs> i have no clue why why i haven't been uh looking forward to it obviously 
Uh, I think we're gonna see some penises. I think that's probably guaranteed. Uh, I, it's gonna be interesting how, how they, the way they showcase it or the, what context they put it in. But yeah, it's it's gonna be one of those strange days where you say, oh, I've been to the penis museum and we can tick that off the bucket list. I, I I'm not gonna lie. I think I was I'm, I've had a bit of a pretentious reason for not coming. I was like penis museum that's just for tourists and I don't know like I, I just like was like I'm too good for that maybe like I go to real museums but um, every single person I've talked to like on these interviews that museum people are like oh no it's actually really good and I was like Is, do, do I have to go so I guess we'll find out we'll find out uh, but as we've been standing here for maybe a couple of minutes and there have been a few tourists giggling and kind of, so it must be an attraction of some sort. <laughs> Once you've walked through the gift shop to the main exhibit, the first specimen that catches your attention in the Phallological Museum is an enormous sperm whale penis in a plastic cylinder of formaldehyde. For reference, it's about as tall as me, an average American white woman. So this one is pretty big. I one. think this is the, the main attraction that people come to see. Yes. So. It's a massive one. It's surrounded by a number of two to three foot long sperm whale penises and some even smaller minke whale penises. The largest penis in the world, FYI, belongs to the blue whale, but the museum only has the five and a half foot long dried tip of one, as the full thing would have been 16 feet or five meters long. So, so we've got a lot of whales here. Yeah, they seem to be very popular. Though whales and seals make up the majority of the collection, we saw the phalluses of some other animals too. And here we have a giraffe. This is a bull. A bull. And sheep. Mongolian yep. gerbil. Tiny. Aww. That's a pig. And here we have armadillo. There's a rat penis. It's really just like the bone. Yeah. Pig. More spirals. Pig. Do you feel like you you know more about the world so far? Well, some parts of the world, I guess. <laughs> we even saw a specimen of the smallest penis in the animal kingdom. But unfortunately, we couldn't confirm which animal it belonged to. You have to look like a magnifying glass. It's tiny. What is it? I think it's a hamster. Well, it doesn't say. Yeah, that's weird. It doesn't say. Uh, it's next to a hamster, so I guess. I think we spent a large part of our visit confused about what we were seeing. Some labels provided an exhaustive amount of information. Oh, they have the whale names and uh, the penis names in Esperanto. Oh. And it's the first one they give. So, like, English is number three or number four. I guess that's very popular among people who speak Esperanto. Thank you. <laughs> While at other cabinets, we struggled to figure out which label went to which penis. Here's the largest penis in the animal kingdom, is the blue whale. And I'm looking at it now, and it doesn't seem No, that that's big. not that one. Oh. This is a... or is it? I think so. Well, the other one seems to so be... So this much... is like three, two or three feet long. Yeah. Well... I... Maybe it's a... So, so that's baby a... Baby one. And we can't forget the... Uh... Art? 
The museum's description of the collection proudly includes mention of 350, and I quote, artistic ottomans and practical utensils related to the museum's chosen theme. In layman's terms, that means everything from penis mugs to newspaper clippings of phallic jokes to a set of silver reproductions of the penises of the Icelandic Olympic handball team. The artist who cast these silver models says they would be instantly recognizable to those familiar with the team members' members, a claim the players have strongly refuted. And here we have, uh, for educational purposes as well, uh, lamps mm-hmm. made out of... Uh, Foreskin? Yeah, I guess whale uh, foreskin. Yeah. But there's a nice little Icelandic ribbon tied around it, so you know it's like an Icelandic yeah. whale foreskin. And here we have a... Very traditional Icelandic lamp. Oh, I just want to say yes. most people do have a, a penis like, yes. lamp in their home yes, here. Yes. That's fact. It's hard to get a solid number on how many actual species and specimens the museum has without manually counting because the website language hasn't been updated in six or seven years, and most of their self-reported numbers of 200 Icelandic specimens appear to include creatures from folklore like elves and trolls, and their 50 foreign penises appear to be a separate category. Altogether, though, it's safe to say they have about 280 to 300 penises, most of which are from real animals. This is the penis of the hidden man. And no surprises, we can't see it. Yeah, so elves. Uh, I think these are mythological beings. So I'm assuming they're not real. Or are they? We've got one of the uh, Christmas lad. And this is strange to me because it's not a creature, but there's a set amount of them. So the 13 new lads, one is missing its penis. And another lamp. Hopefully you can buy one. It would be nice. You can put it in the in the Outback Open Air oh, Museum yes. and really like enhance the. You know, it's so boring and old. If you yeah. could add more penises, sure. I bet more people would visit. I mean, it's five o'clock now, and this place is actually quite busy. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess yeah. It must be. Something. I would like to say they're doing something right, but I think they just have penises in the in the window. Most of the museum's main collection of Icelandic mammal penises fits in one large room with three smaller rooms off to the side that may or may not have had the categories of foreign penises, Icelandic humans and penises in Icelandic literature, and reading room. So here we have a little library. Here's a, articles and things about the museum. and oh, I'm gonna... Here are actually people who've been to the museum and have photographed their penises and sent them to the museum. Yeah, this is just one guy who exposed himself in public in mm. front of the museum and then sent a picture. And here it is. I guess that's visitor engagement. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I might qualify as, as such, yeah. Oh, here's another lamp also made from uh, whale foreskin. Uh, guest books with drawings. Guess what of? Penises, yeah. I feel like there's a lot of uh, potential for feedback stations. Here, you know, people drawing and leaving visitor cards. It's like mm-hmm. you're kind of capitalizing on initiative that people have to draw penises on everything. This is a very nice drawing. The happy phallus from France, Florida, with love from the penis of America, and more specifically, the fleshy, fun bridge of the country, Tallahassee. So we have, oh, look at the doorknobs. It's actually shaped like knobs. The doorknobs are shaped like knobs. (laughs) Okay, that's a good touch. (laughs) 
As engaging as DIY whale penis preservation is, the most morbidly fascinating specimen in the museum is actually rather ordinary. It's the story behind it that, unfortunately, sticks in your head. Okay. The one thing I'm a little bit curious, is there a human specimen here? Oh, we have it here. Oh, God, it's the ugliest human. one. It's the ugliest one. <laughs> oh, so, so gross. Here's the human. Oh, and all its hairy. Oh, God. It's quite amazing, though. They have it in there. Yeah. I, 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 there's a story about the... the which it, does, it doesn't say here what man it came from. Um, I think it might be this man, Paul Larsson. The museum didn't get its first full human penis until 2011. Paul Larsson, the first donor, was an Icelandic tourist guide, womanizer, and Nazi sympathizer who promised his penis to the museum 15 years before he died at the age of 95. The operation to remove his specimen post-mortem did not go as planned, so the actual penis itself looks pretty gross. Maybe that's just karma for someone who seems to have been kind of a dick in real life. More interesting than the shriveled penis of an old misogynist is his letter of intent to donate his prized organ and the media buzz that surrounded the impending contribution, which included a feature-length documentary called The Final Member. Would you like to do the honor of reading this letter? With this letter, I... The undersigned Pat Larsson, born on the second day of June in the year of 1915, resident and owner of the farm at Bugur in the district of Skreda, manager and worthy discipline of Don Juan, the noble Spaniard and other renowned Jenny of history, formerly bestow my reproductive organs, penis at scrotum, to the Icelandic Institute of Philology and the Icelandic Philological Museum for the purpose of owning and accepting exhibiting for all time as the institute thinks fit and then there's the yeah and then did the instructions i kind of heard that it became kind of well known that he was donating his yeah. member uh so i read somewhere that there was a mistake in the operation but i i'm assuming that this is it and he was quite proud of the fact that he was a bit of a ladies man so I, I I feel like it's a little sad that it doesn't say it on the label. Like if I were donating something like that, yeah, and and went through all that trouble to have it displayed, I would want my name on it. So there was no mistaking which one well, was mine. Yeah, that's true. But given that he has a whole wall to himself, yeah. I think we can assume that it's it's him. Here is a cartoon from a, a newspaper uh, when it was announced that he was donating his penis and you can see all the ladies are really excited <laughs> about it uh, it's the the caption says we would so like to be on the list of your achievements that goes with your donation my dear paul yeah i'm sure that was that's definitely what happened Pout's donation inspired other proud penis owners still living at press time to promise their members to the museum as well since the next generation of specimens all belong to foreigners, their letters of donation and related memorabilia are not kept with Pout's crumpled organ, but on the other side of the museum with the rest of the non-Icelandic mammal penises. 
With this letter, I, the undersigned John Dower, born on the 5th day of January in the year of 1971, resident of Balham, London, in the United Kingdom, formally bestow my reproductive organs, penis et scrotum, for the purpose of owning and exhibiting. Okay, so this is like a clearly a standard donation letter yeah. that they have, but it says this donation is an ins- it's inspired by a challenge laid down by my friend Alan Sterla Sverdersen, who was tragically killed in the summer of 2007. It is in Alan's memory that I offer my penis to his nation. And here we have a cast or mold of it. So I, I assume he's still alive, so we still have to wait for that. Oh yeah, specimen. born 1971. 1971. So yeah, what an what an honor for for Iceland mm-hmm. to get this English man's penis. Yeah, I would say so. I feel I feel like this is a great a great. I feel like this is intended and is a great analogy for uh, English imperialism, just bestowing their gifts on the world, uh, just what they needed. Here we have a. Oh, oh, oh my gosh, there's more! Wow, how many people have promised their a lot of them. Oh, here's the guy. Here's the guy that named his penis. I read about this one. It's a letter of donation of Elmo. It's not a, it's the, like the, the penis is its own thing yeah. on the man and he's going to Elmo the penis we all in caps. That does capitalized. We have a picture of Elmo here. Oh, this one. Oh, this guy he has a comic. His his penis has its own comics. That's that's something. That's that I It's something certainly, yeah. Tom Mitchell, the owner of Elmo the Penis, wanted his to be the first human penis in the museum, and was on record claiming he intended to have it removed and displayed before he died. Here's a clip from the documentary The Final Member of museum founder Sigurdur Hjartesson talking about Elmo the Penis. He calls his penis Elmo, and he is extremely well endowed. This is uh, the American Tom Mitchell. And with him comes a mold or a cast. That's a, a very, very good specimen of almost seven inches and a great girth. Six or seven years later, Elmo and Tom are still together. But they did pop back up onto the news radar two years ago when Tom claimed he had found an Italian doctor willing to perform the surgery. And it seems that uh, it's a standard letter so maybe i can pick one up at the uh gift shop oh so this guy so so in the other one it, it uh, had this um worthy disciple of don juan and this is part of the stock letter here look so yes. dr peter christman is also a worthy disciple of don juan you'd think they'd want one in pristine condition yeah, you would think so but we have another donor here i think jonah falcon Oh, he's the guy with the world's longest penis ever me- a measured. There's picture here, actually, of it, and it's pretty long, yes. It's like halfway down his knee. <laughs> well, if you've got it, you, I guess you have to flaunt it. I mean, now I see why you donate that. Yeah. Like, it's... That's so specific, very special. Here's more. Mr. Moritz Schreiner. Oh, no. Here it is. Here's the pristine penis. The Icelandic donor, Mr. Arosen, donated his penis to the museum because he was so proud that he had used it so much. <laughs> Hearing this, my immediate thought was that I should also give my penis museum after my death, since my penis, in contrast to Mr. Arosen's, is brand uh, new. Never been used, I, I, I suppose. I kind of so. want to know like the story of that. That seems kind of sad. Well, oh, it's right next to an article called Self-Sacrifice um, about the Mayan civilization. 
And more lamps. And more lamps. Again, made from. I guess this is the scrotum. You know, the 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 ball sack. Well, did we just did we just see the whole museum? I think so. It's not very really big. No, I was well, kind of expecting a larger collection. Yeah. Well, I guess there are many specimens. Yeah, or members? Maybe? Uh, <laughs> Museum membership Museum is up here. <laughs> I was I was anticipating I would be a bit more my mind would be changed. Mm. But You're not convinced. I, I'm not I'm not convinced yet. Yeah. What surprises me is that um the labels and things seem to be a little bit cheap. Yeah. And and not very museum well ish. This maybe seems a little bit like just thrown together. Yeah. And it's kind of just curiosity, maybe. It's basically just penises. Yeah, there's no... um. No, not much explanation. Yeah, just spectacle. <laughs> I Yeah, I kind of was expecting to maybe like at least like learn something or... You could go into a lot. You could go into like mythology and yeah. you could go into psychology. You yeah. could go into even anatomy or... Human way, perception. How it's how it's been portrayed in like religion, fertility, and so on. Before you start to think we're expecting a little too much from a place that's just a bit of fun, I'd like to direct you to the homepage of the museum website, where it explains that quote philology is an ancient science which, until recent years, has received very little attention in Iceland. Now, thanks to the Icelandic Philological Museum it is finally possible for individuals to undertake serious study into the field of philology in an organized scientific fashion. I'm not going to debate the existence of philology, although I did get 10 pages deep on a Google search of is philology a real science without finding anything that wasn't just a reference to the museum. But I think if you claim to be enabling serious study, then it's not too much for a visitor to expect at least some educational elements. Yeah, they, they, they don't go into detail about, about much overall. It's, it's really just spectacle. Yeah. Curiosity. Yeah. Penises. Yeah. Which, I mean, it could be both. There's no reason you can't have both. But no. and, and a lot of lamps, actually. And there was one did you know sign and we kind of gave up on it because it was too long. Yeah, like popular culture. Yeah. I mean, there was a little bit of that, but maybe they could enhance that part. But judging from people around us, they seem to find it interesting, I guess. There's been a lot of giggles. It's, it's a museum for people who want something else. So you don't come here for the same reason as you go to even to see a Vikings or something else spectacular. No. And I guess people come more for the curiosity yeah. and actually to study penises. And if you're like a biologist who have a huge interest in penises... This may be not, you know, won't probably be the, the thing for you. There's no information on, like, when things were collected and what state they were and this kind of thing. I think just, yeah, I mean, you come also in. I suspect, like, you can see in some of the cases that the liquid that's being stored in is evaporating. Ah. So I'm thinking, you know, is that bad? Yeah, there's, um, you got, like, some sort of film growing at the top. Not very well <laughs> sealed, I think. 
I guess they must store them in like some form of chemical. Yeah, for, like formaldehyde or something. Or but I like like anything. But I, I yeah, I'm wondering about how the longevity of these. Yeah, I'd be interested like to know like how do you preserve a penis? Like mm. that'd be another thing I'd like mm. to learn here. So I have a I have a theory. I think if we did a Google search of the museum, we would come up with 80% pictures of that giant sperm whale penis over there. And I think, I think this is a one trick, uh, a one trick whale, <laughs> a one trick pony of a, of a museum that people come in. And it's this, these giant ones. Those are the attraction. Everything else is just kind of a, a fun thing to see while you're here. Yeah. And, and I mean, it is massive. I mean, you're not going to see that. I don't think anywhere else. No. It's, it's interesting in a way, a little bit gross. Yeah. But yeah, it's pretty unique. You you won't find this elsewhere, I guess. I might be curious to look at the uh, souvenir shop. The gift shop is the first thing you see. So you enter through the gift shop. It's what you see from the road. Yeah. So the entire thing, it's all windows, and that's where people are stopping and. I'm I'm gonna guess that we're gonna have some penis-related gifts in the gift shop. We have pasta shaped like penis. Sex pasta. Sex pasta, king size, of course. You got some dick cozies. Candles. Candles, yes. How does it smell? <laughs> Actually, it has no smell at all. I, I, I was thinking it might have some uh, Roma about it, but no. Oh, there's postcards too. In case you uh, can't get a dick pic for free. <laughs> You can buy one. We have uh, some of the text we saw on the exhibition. Yeah. So Just we can take on that the home. card. Yeah. Very blurry picture. It's <laughs> so gross. <laughs> I'm not even going to describe that. But it, it was a penis, so yeah, you guessed it, people. Whatever the many people who love the Penis Museum see in it, I did not see. But I didn't think it was quite fair to the museum to leave it that. So I turned to another friend, Professor of Anthropology and Museum Studies John Bodinger, to find out why he loved the museum. Tune in to the next episode of Museums in Strange Places to hear two nerdy academics discussing the intellectual merits of an invisible penis and questioning the purpose of the museum, capital M, as an institution. Oh. And if you find yourself in downtown Reykjavik with nothing to do, go take some pictures in the Icelandic Phallological Museum. I won't judge you, and it's guaranteed social media gold. Music in this episode is by the Icelandic hip-hop duo Joipie Okroli. You can hear more of their music, see pictures of the Phallological Collection, and learn more about the museum on my website, hethman.com. That's H-H-E-T-H-M-O-N dot com. If you enjoyed this episode of Museums in Strange Places, please give the podcast a review on Apple Podcasts. Give me a shout out on Twitter at Hannah underscore RFH or share the episode with your friends. So are you going to buy this sex pasta or? No. Nah. No, okay. 